0: This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Gold.
1: Takes everybody up. Messi has got it!
0: From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars.
1: And he's... What a World Cup for Megan
0: Rapino. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair.
1: It's important to establish that culture of winning, the importance of winning, and doing things the right way. So for us, it's just to keep building upon that. Throws to the end zone, it
0: is for the Miami touchdown. It's Parker. All day long with Devonte Parker. Picked off, going to the end zone, is Eric Rowe for the touchdown. Play fake, throws it, there he is, Dragons. and it's a big man touchdown in Miami. What is up? Welcome in, Miami Dolphins fans, to another episode of Fin It to Win It. Brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network and Bet Online. My name is Riley Bradshaw alongside Mason Englehart. Happy training camp report day, everybody. The day that we have been talking about for seems like forever, Mason, for months now. And it's finally here. We are one step closer to football. Obviously. There's a lot of time between now and the start of the season with COVID-19 and everything else going on. But hey, the fact that players are in the building, training camps are starting, that's a hell of a sign. That's a hell of a step on the way to possibly starting the season on time.
1: Riley, there's a ton of steps to get to that season on time, but you're right. We're in the right direction. I feel like we're playing a board game like Candyland or something where you're you're drawing, you're drawing a card, and it's like, okay, I get to go ahead four spaces. Okay, I get to go ahead three spaces. Oh, wait, I'm stuck in the swamp. I got to go all the way back to start. Now, hopefully for the NFL season, we don't have to go all the way back to start, but it just seems like every day there's a new move. Are we going to take a step forward, or are we going to take two steps back?
0: I love it, Mason, that you pulled a Candyland reference. That just shows your girl dad. Right? You're a girl dad right there. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> Out of all the yep. board games to pick, you pick Candyland. But I'm right there I was with gonna, you, man.
1: I was going to say Chutes and Ladders, but uh, you know, Candyland was just the first one that popped in my mind.
0: Insert game here. <laughs> there you go. But yeah, a lot needs to happen between now and then. But 2020 has been such an awful year that you have to find any positive that you can take. And the fact that players are actually... Finally, in Davy, reporting to camp, there's going to be football on the field. We may not be able to hear or see much of it with all the new rules around COVID-19 and how reporters down there at training camp can actually report out. You can't tweet during practices and whatnot, so it's going to be a lot different, but hey, at least we got to see Tua walking into the building today.
1: <laughs> I, I, was, I was literally about to say that. If you want to put a positive spin on this or you want to see something positive, we saw the video of Tua walking in. That's the best thing we could have seen today. I know t- in tonight's show we're going to get to a lot of news and notes. Unfortunately, a rookie in particular could not participate today in the uh, rookie camp. But you got to take your positives, especially like you mentioned, Riley, with 2020, the year we've had, we just have to somehow look on the bright side. And Mason, I know we talked on the episode last week
0: how much I was struggling because my kids were sick and then my wife actually got sick. The good news is they don't have COVID. We got negative results back. So happy about that. The bad news is now that now I'm sick. (laughs) So it's back to back weeks where uh, Riley's on the struggle bus here.
1: That's always something with you, Brad Shaw, but you know, it's, it's the classic one person gets sick. It makes its way through the entire family. We've been here at the Englehart house in the same boat that you're in, man. So you know what? It happens, but you're, you're pulling on, you're going through, so you're, you're, you're making the best of it. Yeah. Not the best timing, but you
0: know, with training camp starting, we have to jump on and, you know, we were going to talk about storylines, the major storylines going into training camp uh, this season. But we're going to push that podcast to Thursday because so much happened over the weekend into today. Uh, So many transactions, trades, waiver pickups, cuts, you know, pretty much anything you can imagine happened. So we're going to cover all of that and get you all caught up as we start and kick off training camp. But before we do, let's uh, acknowledge the sponsor of today's episode of Fin It to Win It, Bet online. Look, everyone, sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball has finally kicked off, and there's no better place to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online.
1: Yeah, and hopefully uh, the MLB can continue to uh, kick off. We're going to talk about We're, that tonight. But we yeah. are going to talk about that, yeah, but hopefully you can continue to ki- uh, kick off because I have enjoyed – Uh, betting on some baseball haven't done great with it yet but it's it's an it's early in the season uh but you got to check out all the odds futures and props to bet on all available 24 7 on bet online on the entertainment side we mentioned this last episode this is pretty interesting but floyd money mayweather he's going to join bet online the team to bring you a brand new segment called the ice is right where floyd is going to talk about all his jewelry and gives you the chance to bet on the cost of his bling to win some great prizes. So visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Remember to use that promo code, guys. That promo code is BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Online, your online wagering experts. All right, so let's go ahead and
0: kick things off. Let's talk about this trade that went down a couple days ago. The Miami Dolphins traded with the Chicago Bears to acquire Adam Shaheen, the tight end. You may remember him a couple years ago coming out of Ashland University, Division II Ashland University. A lot of people were announcing him as Baby Gronk or Gronk mm-hmm. Light, you know, whatever, insert blank Gronk. And <laughs> basically since then, he has not been <laughs> not been Gronk. Had a terrible start with the Bears. The Dolphins get him, though. It was reported at first a sixth-round pick. It actually is a seventh-round pick draft pick so yes. taking a chance on a guy that was drafted 45th overall in the 2017 draft so there were a lot of high expectations obviously a lot of potential in Adam Shaheen hasn't shown it yet with the Bears but you've seen this before the Dolphins bringing in guys I mean you think right off the bat Josh Rosen you know a guy that's drafted high has a lot of potential a lot of talent but hasn't lived up to it to this point point. and hey for a seventh round pick why not take a chance and You know, we mentioned this, Mason, in our position group breakdowns uh, where we ranked all of the position groups. We think the tight end is the weakest position group on this Miami Dolphins team. Once you get past Gesicki, it's not a lot of great options, at least options that haven't stepped up to this point. So it's not a shocker to see the team make a move and bring in a guy with, you know, talent with the upside of Adam Shaheen.
1: Yeah, the upside is there. And you know what, listen, for a seventh round pick, sure, let's kick the tires, let's see what we can get out of this tight end. You mentioned it, Riley, we ranked the tight end group last, mainly because of depth. Bes- behind Gesicki, there's really not a lot there. Uh, Shaheem he's played 27 games over three seasons 26 catches for 249 yards and four touchdowns he's never made it through a full season obviously that's the biggest knock against him is he cannot stay healthy in his seasons he played in 13 six and eight games he had a chest injury that ended his rookie season then he had some ankle and foot issues I mean he's had a lot of issues going on with injuries. so besides injuries though he does have some talent. He is a type of tight end you can put in a goal line situation. Great size. I mean, we talk about how Gesicki Riley can be a matchup nightmare. We got a guy who is 6'6", 250 or so. I mean, great size. His route running was really solid too coming into the NFL. That's one of the reasons the Bears drafted him so high was because of his size. Like you mentioned, his comparisons to Gronk. There's a lot to like in his physical ability, what he can do on the field to have him in that depth, I think is going to be very important. And I know a lot of people have been asking, well, how is he going to fit the dolphins? Is he going to be more of a Smythe type of tight end where he's going to be primarily a blocker, maybe used for a few catches every now and then, or a Gasicki where he's primarily a pass catcher. I think it's going to be somewhere in between. I think the dolphins are going to try to, to find a guy who can be in the middle because right now they don't have that.
0: Yeah, and we talked about that when we broke down the tight end group. They really, you know, Gesicki obviously does what he does. Guys like Durham Smythe, they do what they do. uh, But they don't have that guy that can be on the field, and you don't know whether they're going to play, you know, out in 11 personnel out in the slot, if they're going to be in line. I think, you know, Shaheen has the skill set to be able to play both on the in line or out wide or in the slot. You know, he's another one of those tight ends, that he played basketball in college. He actually Mm -hmm. transferred to Ashland University, had over 1,700 yards there, 26 touchdowns, uh, had so much hype, he skipped his senior season to enter the draft and came in with a lot of hype, a lot of promise. You saw a little glimpse of it, his uh, rookie year with the Bears, three touchdowns, an 85% catch. Uh, percentage, which is you know pretty pretty darn good, but since then, like you mentioned, it's been a complete mess. You know the the league is riddled with guys like this, guys that come in with a lot of promise. We have one guy that we're going to talk about tonight, Cordray Tankersley. We drafted him in what the third round a couple years ago. Came in with a lot of promise, just hasn't been able to stay on the field due to injury. So we really haven't gotten to see really what he can do. And you know why not take a flyer, a seventh round draft pick on a guy that came in with so much hype? Will it ever
1: pan out? We don't know, but, you know, you're not giving up much to to find out. Yeah, risk-reward situation, it's great for Miami, like I mentioned. Kick the tires, see what he's got. Can he fit into this offense? Can he add something to this offense? I mean, backup tight ends are very important, especially for the depth for the Dolphins. So, overall, I think we're on the same page, Riley. We like this move, and let's see what he can do in camp.
0: Yeah, and, you know, a lot of times these transactions, one transaction leads to another transaction, and news came out that uh, tight end Michael Roberts was cut uh, by the team. We talked about Roberts quite a bit when we broke down the tight ends. You know, he is another guy that, you know, he started with Detroit, had a couple decent seasons. Uh, He was a fourth-round draft pick in 2017. But, again, another one of these guys that just has been injured most of his career, he actually was traded to New England before his shoulder surgery voided the trade. He signed with Green Bay but failed his physical. You know, Dolphins bring him in. He missed all of last season and clearly is not ready to physically perform on the field. So the team lets him go right after they make the Shaheen deal. You know, we talked about Bryce Sterk an awful lot. We interviewed Bryce Sterk. Uh, they have a couple other guys, Chris Murick, And then we obviously talked about Durham Smythe. So there are some guys there, but they're waiting for one of them to step up and really claim that that backup tight end role because, you know, Gesicki is obviously going to be your starter. He's going to be out wide in the slot a ton this season, not going to be playing your traditional tight end on the line. That's what Durham Smythe did mostly last year. So I don't know who this is more. Does this say a lot more about the team not having as much confidence in Durham Smythe as we thought, or are they just looking for bodies at this point and hoping that somebody – uh, can step up their game. But yeah, one transaction leads to another. Michael Roberts uh, gets cut and there's a couple other guys. You know, we mentioned this when we were talking about the preseason being canceled, you know, some other things that the NFL has done, you know, with COVID-19 going on. Uh, one of the things that they've done is they have taken these 90 man training camp rosters and they're making you trim it down to 80 going into camp. So we knew that some players were going to be on the tro- uh, the chopping block before camp even started And when we talked about it, Mason, and I think a lot of other people talked about this as well, we kind of assumed that it was going to be a lot of the undrafted rookies. That's not what the Dolphins have done so far. They are taking chances on these unknown guys, and they're getting rid of guys that have experience playing, but they're going with the younger uh, group of players so far.
1: Well, you know, when your team's in a rebuild, Riley, and it's year two of a rebuild that's going to be three or four years... When you've seen certain people play enough, you say, okay, our minds are made up. We know what we have with these guys and they're not going to fit our future. But these undrafted free agents or these rookies that they took very late, I mean, they're going to wait to see what they can do. When you've seen guys out there already for a year, you've seen them in certain situations, you know what to expect from them. You're going to move on from them and how the Dolphins performed in certain areas. Uh, Let me rephrase that. How the Dolphins performed in many areas last season they did not perform very well so not surprising to see some of these guys go i know we were contemplating some of them on the defensive line i said sealer obviously i was wrong with that i know a few people even commented and said i was crazy <laughs> yeah thanks for like, that are by you, the way mason are, yeah a are you take. are you an, <laughs> yeah are you an idiot horrible take well you know what listen if you come out with a lot of takes of course you're gonna have a horrible one but avery moss Avery Moss, he gets let go. I think you actually mentioned him as someone that you could see on the uh, bottom of the totem pole in that area. But yeah, I mean, it's not really that surprising to see the Dolphins let some of these veterans go that they've had before because they've seen them play and they're not happy with their performance.
0: Yeah, let's go ahead and run through some of these guys. So quarterback Jake Rudock, you know, he's a guy that was kind of in and out mostly on the practice squad last season. I think, you know, this says a lot about the team's confidence in Tua because the fact that they are cutting a quarterback, that fourth quarterback, oftentimes they're just, you know, a lot of times they're described as that camp arm, right? Yeah, They're just there for reps. They're there to, you know, get passes to receivers, running backs, and drills, things like that. So the fact that they've decided to go into camp with three guys, you know, Rosen, Tua, and Fitzpatrick, that says a lot about where this team thinks Tua is in his rehab from his dislocated hip which is a great sign for Dolphins fans. I mean, Tua said that he's ready to go. Uh, he's ready to participate. You know, I don't know if he's going to be full contact yet. Uh, I don't even know how much contact there's going to be during training camp anyways. But, you know, when training camp gets going, when these guys are actually on the field, you're going to see Tua out there throwing the football. So uh, I think that that cut right there said a lot about how the Dolphins feel about their quarterback room and specifically Tua. Then you got Ricardo Lewis, uh, the wide receiver. You know, Mason, we talked about you know, just how stacked the wide receiver room is. And it's not a surprise that we saw one of these guys go. But again, here, you know, we talked about guys like Kirk Merritt. A lot of Dolphins fans are very high on him. An undrafted rookie, he's going to get a shot over a guy like Ricardo Lewis, who missed all of last year, but has a little bit of experience under his belt at the NFL level.
1: Yeah, and just to go back what you said about Tua, you know, making the cut at quarterback. You're absolutely right, Riley. If they're cutting someone down to have only three QBs as of now, I mean, the Dolphins, the Dolphins could always pick somebody up, but to have three quarterbacks now, it really does show their faith in Tua. It also shows their faith in Josh Rosen as a backup, because there could be a possibility that yeah. he does get some playing time depending on what happens with Fitzpatrick. So, you know, it's it is really interesting to see the moves they have made. The wide receiver position. Once again, Riley, it is very stacked. We've mentioned that so many times this offseason, so that's not surprising at all. I think there will be at least one more cut for wide receivers just because of all the talent they have there, and there's just a log jam at so many guys who can do so many things similarly. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So not a ton of surprises except the fact that we're just seeing more veterans and some of these undrafted free agents being cut. But then again, when your team performs so poorly the year before – I mean, it's it's R. The NFL is a cruel business.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Avery Moss as one of those guys. He played in 11 games. Yeah, for the Dolphins last year, he started eight of them. So he had significant playing time for this team, and they've decided to go with some of the younger guys. I think this says a lot for Raquan Davis. It's not a surprise seeing the trend that we've seen with the hype around Raquan Davis from this from this coaching staff and how excited they are to get him involved. in the in the rotation, I think he's now going to be that he's going to you're probably going to see him taking over these snaps that you saw Avery Moss in last year. Avery Moss is a little more un, um a little undersized compared to Raquan Davis, so I think Davis brings you more in terms of what he can bring in terms of a force up the middle and in terms of their athleticism wasn't much of a difference. So why not add uh, the bulk that Raquan Davis and the upside that he brings? So that that was another one, one of the more veteran players that were let go. Um, instead of guys like Benito Jones, who we'll talk about here in a little bit, that was put on the COVID list. But guys like him, they decided to keep over Avery
1: Moss. Yeah, and you know, Riley, the the more veterans you see cut, it it does make me nervous in different ways. One way it does in depth right now. You know, that defensive line, especially the interior, you know, we really need a good season from Wilkins and Godshaw because – heaven forbid if there's an injury or they're just not performing at a level and the Dolphins do need to float some people in there. I mean, Raquan Davis is really going to have to step up. You know, Avery Moss, a little undersized as well. They're going to really need these starters to perform because the depth is, you know, quite frankly weak behind them and there's not a lot of proven talent behind them as well. So when you let some of these guys go, when different things happen throughout the year and, you know, with the, in the NFL season, in a normal NFL season, injuries always happen. Things happen that you wouldn't expect. But in this season, which, quite frankly, there's going to be some things happen that we've never seen before as far as COVID situation goes, everything that's happening right now in our society and in the sports landscape, there's going to be a lot of surprises leading up to the day of a game. You need to have that proven depth. And the more I look at the defensive tackle spot, I, I get nervous. Yeah, and then you look at the
0: linebacker position, a little more depth there. Um, Trent Harris linebacker out of the U Mason, your, your boy out of the U (laughs) was let go. Uh, he played in 11 games last year with three starts. And then you mentioned Michael Roberts at tight end. So right now though, up until this point, Oh, and then Ray Lima, we didn't mention Ray Lima. He was the only undrafted rookie to be cut, but that's because he decided to retire. Um, coach Brian Flores actually called Ray Lima and tried to talk him out of it. So, I'm not sure that if he wasn't retiring, he would have been one of these cut casualties. We may have had every undrafted rookie, at least to this point, heading into camp, uh, which I think says a lot about the direction that this team is going. They want to take a chance on finding guys like, I mean, if you look at last year, Preston Williams, undrafted rookie, Nick Needham, guys like that who came in and were major contributors to this Dolphins team last year.
1: When you say someone plays 11 games, someone plays eight games, you know, that may mean something, but for the dolphins, like I've mentioned, I mean, it doesn't matter how many games you've started. There was a lot of guys who had playing time for this team that wouldn't have made it on many NFL rosters last year. And that just shows the state the dolphins were in certain times during the year. They did finish strong in many senses, but still, I mean, there's many guys on this team. They figured out what they can do for this team and it's not going to be good enough. So I'm fine with them going with the younger guys, seeing what they can bring to the team. I'm I'm trusting Coach Flores' process right now because I've liked a lot of the moves they've made. So really, I am i don't have an issue with any of these moves except the fact that the more these defensive linemen that are either getting cut for all these different reasons, I'm getting just a little bit nervous with that depth. Yeah, and more and more. I mean, we're going to have to get down
0: to 53. I, I don't know. With the COVID list that we're going to be talking about here in a minute, what rosters will look like specifically yet, but let's go ahead and jump into that. So the Dolphins released that three players have been placed on this COVID-19 reserve list. I'll get into that in a minute. Blake Ferguson, Benito Jones, Cordrea Tankersley. So we'll go into those guys here in a second. Let me read to you what the Dolphins released in terms of this COVID-19 list. They said that this is a new reserve list category that was created for a player who is either testing positive for COVID or has been quarantined after having been in close contact with a person that's infected or persons infected with COVID. If a player falls into either of those categories, the club will be required to immediately place them on this COVID-19 list. Um, Per agreement between the NFL and NFLPA, clubs are not permitted to comment on a player's medical status other than to say that they're on this COVID-19 list. So we actually won't know unless, you know, news leaks, if the person on the list actually has COVID-19 or not, or if they've just been exposed to it. So to kick it off, Mason, we have three guys going into training camp on
1: this list, Blake Ferguson, Benito Jones, and Cordrea Tankersley. And this is the worrisome part of what's going on. We've seen it already in baseball. You know, we mentioned the Marlins and the fact that so many of their guys tested positive. They feel like there could be a club outbreak. Who knows what's going to happen the with damn that team, Mason, <laughs> half half the team. Exactly. And Riley, before we recorded, we were talking about this. You know, the numbers for half the team for a baseball team, you know, that's what like maybe 13 guys, 14 guys. So right now, it says know? I
0: think 12 players and 14 individual like I think two more coaches or so. It's around 14 yeah. people in the organization right now have. COVID-19 yeah
1: and I mean you look at that think about 14 guys for a baseball team what about a football team I mean 14 of your players go the fact that the Marlins played another team they played the Phillies so then the Phillies had to postpone their game too there's such a trickle effect to this Riley this is the biggest thing we have to worry about this season when there's COVID cases what are the NFL what is the NFL going to do are they going to look at every team team X has been in contact with and have them stop playing as well. This is what we fear the most coming into the season. The NFL really has to do a good job of being cautious about this. The fact that the dolphins are having Ferguson Jones and Tankersley be on that COVID list right now. We don't know exactly why it could just be caution. They could have just been in contact with people that tested positive, but we're going to see more and more of this as training camp starts and into preseason and the biggest thing we have to watch out for is how is this going to affect game day how is this going to affect the upcoming weeks
0: yeah and i haven't seen specifics yet on if you're placed on this covid-19 list how long you have are required to you know the minimum that you have to be on this list before you can be placed back on the active roster but yeah if you look at the if you look at the marlins situation you know they had four players test positive during the opening series then they played another game or two and then they found out that it had yeah. spread. So just like you're saying, I mean, if you have one guy in a locker room that has it, how quickly, you know, even if you put in all these protocols, you know, six feet distance between lockers, that none of that, at least in my opinion, matters. Once you get on the football field and you're tackling somebody, it doesn't matter how far away your locker is. Does it maybe minimize it, your chances a little bit? Yeah. But if one guy gets it, the other's going to get it. It's just like me and my kids. Uh, you know, once I, once I know my daughter's had it last, uh, got sick last week, I knew I was screwed. Um, so it's basically the same thing. How do you identify it and stop it? I mean, should the Marlins have, once these first guys tested, just shut everything down because now they're in a situation where the Marlins may not be able to move forward with a functioning team for months. Now they may not be able to finish their season. So how would you handle this with football?
1: Well, and I think we look at the NBA and see what they're doing and the NBA, they're getting ready to start their regular season, quote unquote, their regular season leading up to the playoffs. And, um, that starts this Friday, I believe. So only a few days from now, you look at what the NBA is doing. They have this bubble in place. They have all these rules in place. It seems like most of the players are towing that line. They're following these rules because they want to have a season. Now I understand the MLB and NFL and many other leagues, they can't do this, but if you want to have a season, if you truly want to have a season, you do have to go to these cautionary measures. Now, could the NFL have some type of a bubble? Possibly. I bet they could find a place Where they could have, I think so, because I've read online where they could find places like Disney where there's several large stadiums around that area, there's several practice fields around that area, and they would just have to essentially rotate teams in and out. We couldn't have eight to 10 games on one day, but we could have games spread throughout the week. That is something they could do. Now, we're way past this, that's not going to happen this season. MLB, similar situation. They could find a place that can house this many amount of players. They could rotate to play on this many amount of um, areas. You look at spring training where all these teams play in certain spots. So it's, it's, it's really irrelevant to talk about that because it's not going to happen. We're kind of stuck with what we have in baseball and football right now, but you look at what you look at what the NBA's done. They've really gone above and beyond and sunk a lot of money into this, but we know football has that money and baseball certainly has some money too to sink into these precautionary measures. So right now, you know, it's, Unfortunately, we have to roll the dice. We have to hope that players are going to take this seriously. Coaches are too. Because right now with just, yeah, I mean, you know, training camp hasn't officially begun and the Dolphins are already putting people on this COVID report that they can't participate right now. We don't know for how long. We don't so have there's a long just, snapper, Mason. Yeah, I know. No, for real. You know, we talked about Blake Ferguson as impact players. I think we both said like five, out,
0: five of, out of five.
1: Five. Just for the simple fact that his position, I mean, in special team situations, it's huge. He's the only long snapper we have right now, and he's a rookie. He's never played an NFL snap. So for him to already be in this situation is really, really tough for the Dolphins. And then Tankersley, man, he cannot catch a break. Yeah, he's had it rough. I mentioned him earlier in the episode. Just since he came in, had a pretty
0: solid rookie season. Um, since then, has just been hampered by injuries. Benito Jones, a lot of people are excited about his prospects as an undrafted rookie coming into this team. So, yeah, three names that you definitely don't – I mean, you don't want to see any names on there, but these three guys are pretty important, and it's pretty big years for a lot of them. You know, Jones obviously undrafted trying to make the team. Tankers league trying to keep a job in a stacked secondary. Um, so this is the last thing that he needed. But, yeah, I, I don't really – at this point, you know, time is ticking. I don't really know what you do. Do you, do you quickly shuffle and do a more regionalized schedule – Uh, I don't know if it's not all 16 like if if things actually if guys if these lists start growing if you get up to like 10 of these guys on a COVID-19 list in each camp you're going to have to do something I think the bubble is obviously out of the question at this point I don't even know if they could pull that off to begin with Mason I mean you know basketball is a whole different ball game there's so many more people involved in football I mean even baseball you know you have what 14 12 players for the Marlins that tested positive and their rosters, half of what a football team is. So you're just dealing with a lot more people uh, when you're talking about football teams. So they're running out of time, you know, are they going to plow ahead and just move forward, you know, business as usual, or are they going to go to a more regionalized schedule, which I think is a possibility. It'll be interesting to see by the time we get to September and games roll around, what, (laughs) what the actual makeup of this season is going to look like.
1: It's going to take a lot to cancel the season. I feel strongly about that. So there's so much money wrapped into it. And I hate to say that, but it's true. There's so much money wrapped into it, so much politics into the NFL season with the owners and everything like that. But I agree with you, Riley. I think there could be a situation down the line where they do have to alter either the schedule, kind of like the MLB did when they had to start up, um, we'll just have to wait and see, you know, right now NFL teams, hopefully they can handle this very seriously players can too. And at the end of the day, you know, hopefully things get better,
0: at least news is coming in. It's nice that we have some breaking news. We have a lot of a lot of dolphins news that's coming through the pipeline. So it's nice to have an episode where we actually have actual news to talk about both positive and unfortunately negative <laughs> yeah but unfortunately you know, negative we're not having to come up with you know we're not having to dig deep into the box to find some uh topics to discuss so it's good that training camp is finally here because it, w- it was a long summer I'm ready for the fall to start that's for sure um this Thursday with some we're football. At, yeah hopefully with some football this Thursday we're going to come out with another pod where we're going to be giving our takes on what we think the major storylines for the Dolphins heading into training camp are going to be a lot of buzz around this Dolphins team. So there's a lot to talk about on our Thursday pod. We're doing a Fins Up Friday. Uh, we're going to be having the first two rounds of our trivia contest. Um, we're going to be showing that on that episode. We're going to have a special interview. We'll release more information on that later in the week. So an exciting Fins Up Friday on the way. Hopefully I'll be better by then because, you know, it's been a rough couple weeks. But we're, we're, we're powering through to get you all the Dolphins content that you need to get you ready for training camp. So, all right, Mason, I don't know if you want any closing thoughts on this news breaking um, going into training camp, just your excitement level going into training camp.
1: Well, closing thoughts is stay safe, everybody. And hopefully uh, dolphins, players, coaches, everyone involved with our, our team can do the same and we we can just get them out on the field. I mean, you you hate to hear anybody getting sick or anybody being around people that are getting sick. Um, You know, these, it sucks. It really does. There's no better. There's no way to, there's no way else to say it. It really does suck. So hopefully everyone can stay safe out there. Um, Excitement level is definitely a 10. Just the fact to see Tua walk across that parking lot. um, it, it, It got me excited. It did. It may not come across in
0: my nasally voice, but yeah, the excitement level is a 10, you know, seeing players actually walking into the building got me pretty pumped up. So once we see them on the field, it's, it's go time, baby. So A lot of things to be excited about. Um, You know, one step closer to football this fall. So fingers crossed, everybody. All right, so that's going to do it for this episode of Fin It to Win It. Make sure you follow us on social media, at Fin It to Win It on Facebook and Twitter. You can check us out on any major podcast platform. As always, we appreciate five-star rating review. Make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. We'll see you for episodes on Thursday and Friday. Until then, stay safe, everybody, and fins up.